Welcome to the Nova Church's podcast. We are a vibrant, dynamic, multicultural church in Alexandria, Virginia. Join us at 11 a.m. on Sundays. For more information, go to www.thenovachurch.com. We're excited to share this week's message with you. God bless. And we're going to Psalms 139 and Romans chapter 12. Psalms 139 and Romans chapter 12. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord this morning. I am so excited. Those of you that are joining online, we're thrilled to have you as well. And uh, pastor is going to be very cognizant of the time to try to preach shorter. And, um, and then that way uh, you will have ample time to drive home before the snowstorm. But. I was like, you know what? There's no reason to cancel church. Can I get a witness? And I was like, you know what? The snow's not coming till the afternoon. I think we can have church. And so here we are. We have in church. Good job, guys. Let's go. Psalms 139, <clears throat> verse 14. I was excited uh, as I was doing some preparations. This is the this is going to be a condensed first part of of, of a few sermons that will be in a row. Uh, that I want to kind of challenge you and who you are in your identity. Uh, and so uh, I think this is going to set the foundation. And if you're taking notes, this is going to be a kind of a nice foundational message that will help us next week and the following week and the following week about what I want the Lord, I think the Lord's working on us um, as a body to do. Psalms 139 and 14 says, I will praise thee. For I, everybody say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. That your soul knoweth right well. You are fearfully and wonderfully, and the key word there is made. Everybody say made. You are made. Now, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, this is such a rich text. Honestly, you could spend a lot of time here. <clears throat> it says you, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Notice what Paul tells the church of Rome. He says, this living sacrifice, holy, and uh, he said, this, this thing that is, it's not just something that we're asking you. He said, it's reasonable to do this. It's a reasonable service. Next verse, verse 2. Then this goes on to say, therefore do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Amen. Uh, I want to preach to you today on this first part of the subject called Imago Day. Imago Day, and you may be seated. Imago Day. Imago Day, spoiler alert, is Latin for the image of God. You are made in the image of God. And that's what we want to talk to you for the next few weeks is that how you are made 
and how you see yourself, if you can ever get a healthy image of how God created you and that to be in alignment with who you are, you would be amazed at how differently you operate in your daily behavior. Your purpose changes, how you see yourself changes. Everything changes when your image of who you are is in alignment with who God has made you to be. A few years ago, I was at a thrift store, and uh, thrift stores to me are like one of the banes of my existence, okay? Uh, some people, some guys, it's like shopping. They're like, I hate shopping, right? I don't want to be anywhere near a shopping. You can't even talk to them like going to a grocery store, like they don't want to shop, right? Uh, that, that's some guys. Me, I can handle some forms of shopping to a degree. But the absolute worst form of shopping, I am convinced, is a thrift store. And a thrift store is the bane of my existence because it's not really organized, okay? It's just a hot mess, the whole place. It's just square feet of hot mess compiled and compounded. There's no rhyme or reason or organization. That's how I feel like when I walk into like TJ Maxx or Marshalls. I'm like, I'm stressed. I don't even want to walk into this store. I'd like to leave right now. Please get me out of here. But yet here we are. And it's, you know, it's, it's this great deal where you're going to find amazing deals if you can find it, right? You're going to find like a, a $40 sweater for $4.44 and you're thrilled that you got that. But you have to look through every piece of clothing and touch every single piece of clothing that everyone else has touched to find that one piece of great deal. And it just, it drives me nuts. You have to, and so when my wife's like, hey, I have to go to a thrift store, I'm like, please no. Oh, those are the worst words to hear because I know she's gonna look through every item in every rack through the whole store. And I know it's not a quick experience. And so my patience usually starts to be like, please. So at some point what I realize is I'm gonna go find a seat and I'm not going to move. And thank God for smartphones, amen? The advention of Mr. Jobs' smartphone has transformed my, my marriage pre-thrift store phone and post-phone thrift store experience. Totally different. Because I'm like, okay, you just go do you, and I'm going to sit here and life is good. Before that, I'd be like, are we, can we, are we ready yet? Can we go yet? No, no, please get me out of here. And here's what I know is I was going... Uh, to this thrift store and I found a seat and I'm watching the kids and the kids found some toys which that's a whole nother pile of germs mess there and as I'm sitting there watching the kids I'm sitting there thinking this is going to last forever and I seen that there's these signs that are surrounding the store and the sign says all merchandise was purchased as is and I thought oh man that's Good or bad, obviously they want you to really know that whatever you're getting, it's getting, you get what you bought, right? There isn't like, hey, this has a, this has a, this has a rip, this has a tear, they don't care. Uh, whatever you're buying, you're buying it as is. And it's your expectation is that you are buying it regardless of the original design. Regardless of however it should be perfect or however it should be, it doesn't matter. What you are buying is you are buying it the way it is. And often we have been designed and created by God with an intention. We have been designed and created in his image with a reason and a purpose. We are created to bear his 
image. And it is his image in which we are created. We are the image of God. And our image, though, has often been corrupted from the original design. And what we know is, is the design by God is that he created us. It's, it's not just how you think you are or, or whatnot, but we know sin has corrupted this original image. The original image is, is supposed to be how we reflect of who he is, his glory. We were created and designed by God to worship him and to, to give him glory and to give him majesty and to, to, to wake up and say, God, we love you today. And this is who we are. We are of the image of God. Genesis chapter one and verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He said, this is who you are. He said, you have been given this dominion over and you are created in, in the image of God. Now, let me just pause right here and, and clarify this as always I do in this verse of Genesis 1.26 is that word our is not a triune of God. It is not God talking to somebody else. It's not him consulting with himself saying, hey, do you think we could create somebody like this? Do I got your permission? Do I got your permission? Can we take this to a committee or council? No, that is is not the case. In fact, that is a singular. It is a royalty. It is like a decree, if you will, that we know God is not consulting with other people. He's not co-equal. He's not uh, uh, asking for approval from other people. We know that the God in this day, Elohim, is talking to himself in a royal decree. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 45 and 5 says, I am the Lord. And there is none else. There is no God beside me. That's what he said to Isaiah. He said, I girded thee and thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun and from this, from the West and from that there is none beside me. And I am the Lord. There is None else. He said, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That's when you understand who God is. God is the creator of all these things. Here's not creators. There's not a committee. And so when he says, let us make man in our image, he is, he's not consulting in this. He's saying, hey, let me decree my power and my creative authority and power because I know who I am. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, can I get a witness somebody that we know who that is speaking to. We know God is stepping forth and we know in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Amen. Can I get a witness somebody? And so when God said, let us make man watch this verse 27 of Genesis one, the debate is not debatable here is so God created man. In his own image. That's what it says in Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. We know that is how he steps forth. That is how he did this. I was uh, in Israel a few years ago. And uh, we were on a pastoral trip 
and um, we were on a bus and we just landed overseas. And we landed overseas and we landed in uh, Tel Aviv and, and we're on the bus and it's this pastor's trip and there's pastors from all these different denominations. There's like 50 different pastors and here we are and there's, you know, obviously you get a bunch of pastors on a bus and oh boy, it was a, whoo, I mean, some of these guys wouldn't shut up. You think I talk long. I mean, I was like, man, they just kept going and going and going and you, you compound that by 50 guys, and there, there was a, sometimes like a battle of bishops going on. You know, you've got this guy, and you know, he's got a pastoral thought, so guess what the next pastoral thought does? Well, you know, and then he, you know, he's like trying to one-up the other pastoral thought, and then, then you have another pastor says, well, let me add into this theology. It's, you know, it, it's, it's a giant uh, a Bible contest. Now, some of you are like, that sounds great, pastor. For me, I was like, can we just get to the place that we're going, somebody? I don't want to hear this. It's a... So one of the guys, uh, he was he was talking about this state. He was talking about Genesis chapter one, and the the uh, the pastor asked our tour guide and said, "Well, you know, as a Jew, he said, surely you believe that this verse of Genesis one." It, it's talking about there's three separate people and the uh, our Jewish sure God says, no, sir, that is not what it says in, in the Hebrew. It, that is not what it says in, in your Bible. And that's not what it says in our Torah. And the pastor was shocked. He said, well, what do you mean? He says, Elohim means that there is only one that can create this. He said, you all missed that up. And I thought, say on, come on, my, uh, brother, brother, uh, brother, tour guide. Uh, you, you just go on right now with that. Is because what he was saying is, is that's not what the text says. When he's saying, let us make man in our own image. What he's saying is, is it's the image of God singular that he's saying. He is decreeing this. And that is why the very next verse, verse 127. So God created man in his own image and blessed them. Verse 28. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. So therefore, God created us to be like him and to have dominion, to be fruitful and to multiply. And we are created by God to bear his image. Therefore, let me remind you this this morning, is that we are created to be like him and to bear his image. And when you understand who you are in Christ, he created you not to be inferior and to not let your insecurities define you. You don't need a filter because God created you perfect just the way you are. The world has artificial this and artificial that, and they, they will be able to not just make themselves however they want to try to have an image that is perfection, which who even makes this perfect image of whoever the perfect person is, right? Now, I know this this is not the perfect image according to Hollywood, okay? Uh, overweight, balding, although COVID did cause me to lose seven pounds, I could probably use another 10 more. But what I do know is this is probably not the Hollywood image of where you go, well, there is Brad Pitt. Look at that guy. I know you all may think that and you think, well, I know pastor, he lifts weights and you know, he's, look at those muscles. You know, that's why I wear a coat, modest to keep here. And you know, I know, I know, calm down you people. But what I, I also understand is this, is that whatever filter 
pressure that I think I need to put or to apply to make myself look better. The only person I'm trying to look better is so somebody else thinks, oh man, look, they're more attractive. But you are attractive in the eyes of God already because he created you perfectly. He created you just the way you want to be. He created you with all of you. Instead of looking at your insecurities and trying to say, well, if I could cover it up or if I could get rid of this or if I could get rid of that or, or if I could change this, hear me today. If you would stop changing stuff and understand God created me, not just what's on the physical, but what's on the inside, that I am created to bear his glory. I am created to be a resemblance and a reflection of somebody that's perfect, of something that is greater and far greater than anything this world could ever produce. The world wants to put a filter on it. The world wants to say, oh, if you would have this package or if you would have this type of, uh, of thing. No, the God wants you to understand he has created you perfectly and your insecurities and your inferiorities do not need to define you. He created you to be powerful. He created you to fulfill your potential. He created you to have dominion. He created you to be fruitful and multiply. Let me say that again. He created you to bear fruit. He created you to do something. The purpose of God is not for you just to sit on your carcass and say, give me more, Pastor. No, God's got a purpose and a reason for you. He's got a mission for you. He's got something he wants you. He wants you to impact people with the gospel. He wants you to go to every single place and, and to say, oh, let me tell you, I serve a God who's good. I serve a God that can meet your need. I know the world may say this, but God's really the only answer that you need. Jesus is the answer. And when we understand that He's called us to be fruitful and to multiply, that is to, He's calling us that we may bear fruit. He, he said, you shall know them by their fruit. Everybody say fruit. Well, why are you perhaps maybe or maybe not fruitful? My Submission to you this morning would be, could it be that the reason that we have Christians who have come for all their lives and are not fruitful is because they don't have a right image? It's an image issue, not a fruit issue. See, the image I will submit to you over the next few weeks, and I won't do it all today. Pastor Mike has got me on that tight timeline. I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? Okay, yeah. He said, there's no way. They, they, they cut a song because they said, there's no way you're going to preach short. I said, I'm going to preach short. This is short, right? Okay, I got two weeks to catch up on. I missed last week. Okay, thank you. Okay, there we go. But watch. But watch. I, I submit to you that the reason that sometimes people are not fruitful in their purpose and in their mission and what you've done for God is simply because it's an image issue. It's an issue of the roots and therefore, if you understand, oh, I'm here to serve God. I'm here to bear his image. I am here to give him glory out of my life through my attitude, through, through what I do, through, through how I serve, through how I can get involved, through how I volunteer. And you know what? The issue is, is too often we try to talk ourselves out of our mission. Mm -hmm. Say on, Pastor. I think I'm a preacher right here. I see they ain't ready for me. This is good, right? They bring back Pastor 
Pastor Jerry, come on, call and go to the bullpen, get the lefty ready, okay? Here, here's what we know, is that the issue is, is that too often we say, oh, I can't do that. I, that's for somebody else. Brother Eric, let somebody else go serve. Let somebody else. Maybe, may, I, I could never get up behind the pulpit. I'm not, a, I'm not an orator like uh, uh, Pastor Jerry. I'm not a good preacher like some of these evangelists they have come in. I, I'm not a preacher. What do you want me to do? So therefore, we talk ourselves out and we try to say, oh, we have, a, we have an option to not bear fruit. There comes a certain point where you have to understand and say, you know what? God has got a reason for you to bear fruit and to do something in the kingdom of God. The question is, is what are you doing for the kingdom of God? It just is not a pulpit on a Sunday morning. It says, well, if you can't sing or you can't preach, well, good luck. The kingdom of God is much, much bigger than that right there. I thank God for the talents that he's given you. You have been given talents by God to do something for the kingdom of God. And, and because of that, when we start to understand, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and created, well, perhaps if your image is corrupted because you're only looking at one specific thing, you're only looking at one specific fruit, then all of a sudden you start to go, well, then I guess there's nothing else I can do. That must be for somebody else. But what if God's saying, no, 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 there's a whole bunch of other areas that you can do. You can be involved in. You can serve. You can do something in the kingdom of God. The greatest challenge we've got in the kingdom of God, the entire kingdom of God, all of church together, if, is getting the kingdom of God mobilized. If the kingdom of God becomes mobilized, then the kingdom of God operates like the body's supposed to. When the body doesn't operate the way it's supposed to, the body stinks. Can I get a witness, right? Okay. COVID's a hot mess. That's why I, I mean, I was like, man, I'm not eating. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, I think I'm dead to the world. And you know, I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a pretty go guy. Like, you know, I can usually uh, be halfway sick, but I'm good. I can roll right through this. You know, I'm, I'm not feeling all right, but Hey, we can do this. Get me a coffee. We're going to call it a day. Rocky Balboa, right? No. COVID was like, yo, this thing, the whole body's not working. I was like, where can I go to the store and buy a new one, right? Can we just transplant me out of this, put me in a new one? You know, where's, where's the software update? We need something going on here. When the body doesn't work, the body becomes ineffective and dormant. And it can just be one piece of the body that's not working, and it can affect the whole body. Can I get a witness, right? Oh, my, all my limbs are working. I could talk. I could do everything else but on the inside because I didn't feel good on the inside, because the image of something wasn't right on the inside, all of a sudden the whole body was just, just not effective as it could be. And that's the problem with the kingdom of God, is that we've got too many people who are trying to say, oh, let someone else do it, pastor. But when our image comes into a clear perspective of who God is and who he created us to, all senses, Lord, doesn't matter. I just want to be in Paul. Whatever it is, take my hands, take my feet. This is the house of God. I want to serve, uh, whether it's cleaning, whether it's serving, whether it's greeting someone, whether it's going and helping somebody set up a freedom church, setting up and tearing down, whatever it is. Hear me today. I'm so thankful. Uh, 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 Brother Eric and Brother Kerry came and fixed the door. They, told, they called me and said, hey, pastor, the door's not working last Sunday. I was like, I've got COVID. I don't even care about a door right now. I was like, they can have whatever's in the church. 
I don't even know what's in there. Somebody's gonna get some nice blue chairs in their house. I don't know. Like I'm, I don't know what's gonna happen. And so then a few days later, I was feeling better. And, and uh, Brother Carrie and Brother Eric says, we think we can come up and fix it on, on Friday, Pastor. And I said, OK, welcome. I'll come help you. And, you know, if you know me, I can't fix anything. OK, I can't. I'm breaking light bulbs. OK, like turning it in right or left. That's a problem in my world. Then they're like, Pastor, you could just you could just stay at home at this one. We don't really need you. They said, and they're, they're so cute. They said, uh, you know, too many hands might make it a little rough. We'll just take care of it for you. I'm like, that's a really nice way of them saying that you're just going to mess it up. Leave it alone and we'll fix it. And I was like, oh, OK, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And so then they fixed the door. Thank God they fixed the door. Thank God for people who take their gifts and say, I'm not going to wait on someone else. I'm going to use this for the kingdom of God. And when you serve the kingdom of God in any of those capacities, God can begin to bless that and God can begin to move in that and God can begin to use your hands and your feet and your gifting because when you understand, Lord, I am here just to serve you. I am created. I am fearfully and wonderfully made to serve the kingdom of God. And all of those things make the kingdom of God. All of those things go. Acts chapter 6 is when the apostles were sitting there and they're having revival. And in Acts chapter 6, during the middle of revival, what's happening is, is all of a sudden the tables are being neglected. And as the tables are being neglected, what do they say? They say, hey, we've, uh, the widows are being neglected and the tables aren't getting served. They say, hey, we've got issues here. We need somebody. So you know what the apostle said? Hey, choose you out seven men full of the Holy Ghost, wisdom of good report, and, and let them serve the tables. Now, in our day and age, Jim, somebody be upset by that. Who do you think you are that you don't have to serve the tables like we do? You think you're better than me? I just feel like in, in that voice, you would do your head and thing like that's what I think in my head. Right? Maybe that's because I've heard some of y'all do that. Oh, he went there. I know. I know. I know. No, none of you. They're at home watching on the stream. You guys are the good ones. Hey, victory points. Bonus. Okay, no. Okay. I can't even pander to the crowd. It's just still not working here. Okay. You ready to come in? Okay. You ready to land the plane? Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> so here's, here's, here's what I know. Is that when they say, hey, we have an issue. Thankfully, people didn't say, oh, let someone else do it. They says, put me in the game. Let me serve. And because of that, the Bible says, and the word of God spread and multiplied. Why? Because of a kingdom mentality that says, oh, it doesn't matter of, of the role. What matters is the goal. The goal is greater than the role. And if we can ever understand that, that that's who we are in our DNA, is I'm called to serve God. I am called to, he said, who that is great, what's greatest among you? Who's greatest among you? Let them be called your servant. When we have a servant mentality, because we're based in the image of Christ, that, oh, he's done so much for me. I'm just happy to be here. And that's what I say to the kingdom of God. Lord, it doesn't matter. Lord, you can have me. I can be the best sweeper that, that is. And, and when I sweep, I'm going to sweep unto the Lord as if Jesus was standing right there saying, oh man, you're doing the best job. I've never seen somebody sweep like you, sweet pastor. Or, you know, or, or, you know when, whenever I'm vacuuming, I'm doing it unto the Lord. Why? Because I want to be a servant. It doesn't matter if you see it or you don't see it. He sees it. I'm here to serve him. I, I serve for an audience of one and the one has nail scarred hands. Why? Because that's the image that 
we bear. And when we have the right image, we'll bear fruit. And when we have fruit, all of a sudden we can begin to say, oh, now look at how God's moving in the kingdom of God, using your gifting, using your, your thing to move forward. So he said, be fruitful and multiply and prosper. Hear me, somebody. We need to see ourselves how God sees us and how the devil fears us. And I'm almost done. See, that's why the devil hates you. Now, I know, shouldn't use the word hate, but it's, there's no kids in here, so I can use that and I feel like I can get away with it, right? They're in Sunday school. But that's why literally the devil hates you, hates a strong word. He does. If he could kill you, he would. If he, the Bible says he came to seek, to kill, and to destroy. You think that He's somebody that's just kind of there and he's like, well, no, no, no. He does not like you. The reason he does not like you and he fears you is because you have something that he will never have. You have his image. You are made in the image of God. You are made for his glory. You are a reflection of who he is. You know when somebody is around now, parents, most of you are parents in this room or whatnot, but you know, when you have somebody that is a reflection of you and they do something good, you go, I'm so proud of them. Any parents, can I get a witness, right? Like when, you're, when your kid does something good and you're like, oh, that other kid's being bad, but you're doing good, good job. Like, it, it, like it's a reflection on you. Can I get a witness, right? You all know. And then like when your kid's the bad kid, and you're like, I am going to beat you for days, okay? I just, we don't even know if we're ever going to see you again. Come here, you. Like, you know, the kid's just having a rough moment, right? Uh, and they're like, I don't know whose kid that is. That's somebody else's kid. I don't know. Are they, you're like, I will leave you here. I don't even know you, right? Like, when the kid is, is acting, that the reflection is on the parent, when they are good, you're so proud of that kid because they are a reflection of you. We are a reflection of our Heavenly Father. And when we do, guess what? He's so proud of us. And it's that same feeling that we get like when, when you say, oh, man, you know, look at how good they did. They did such a good job. I'm so proud of them for doing that. That is what the Lord thinks of us when we worship him. That's what he thinks of us when we just say, Lord, I'm just here to spend some time in devotional. It's not even something that you think, oh, I've got I've to go uh, paint a Picasso. No, he's saying, hey, I just want you to do what you're called to do. And when you you do what you're supposed to do. When you even step into devotion and into relationship, he said, God, you are a reflection of him. And the devil can't stand that because you are made in his image. And so that's why he fights you. That's why he fights your devotional time. That's why he fights your prayer. That's why he fights your fasting. That's why he fights when you read your, uh, read your Bible. He wants to fight those things because he's afraid of your potential and he is afraid of your destiny and he fears us. But if we can see ourselves how God sees us instead of how, how sometimes we can just get lost in the shuffle, we will understand there's something greater. I'm done. Let's all stand. We'll just pause right there. Now, I'm only on page 5 of 11. I could talk to you a lot about Genesis 3, but we're going to save that bad boy. Because 
here's what I want us to pause. And I want us to take a moment and start to understand, Lord, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And you created me because you love me. You created me perfect. And because of that, I want us to pray our prayer today in our altar calls. Lord, help me to see me as you see me. Help me to see me, not of flaws and pain and imperfections and mistakes. We all have them. Can I get a witness? Oh, man. Sin is, is applicable to everybody. Everybody does that. Everybody has the shortcomings where I'm sure the Lord says, oh, man, yeah, you, you, you messed up there. But here's what I know is that when we see ourselves the way God sees us, our mistakes and our flaws and our faults doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. It means that he loves us all the more. That when Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah is there, uh, he, the Bible says that he looks to the throne room of God. And I've preached this in some areas, but let me give a slightly different spin. Is that when he looks to the throne room, he says he sees the Lord high and lifted up. And here the prophet Isaiah is, seeing a vision of the Lord. And the Bible says, and his glory filled the temple. His glory is, 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 is he's, he's so amazing. Here he is in the throne room of God. And what is his response? Woe is me. For I, I am undone. Woe is me, for I am undone. Someone that is used by God, the powerful prophet Isaiah, standing there, seeing the throne room of God, and it wasn't, wait till I tweet this. Wait, how many likes am I going to get on my gram? No. You know what he cared about? Seeing the goodness and perfection of God made him realize how further he was, but yet how good God was that he was willing. When you get a clear picture of the love of God, you'll start to realize I am imperfect, but he loves me all the more. And his love's even greater than I could ever imagine. It's an inverse concept that's so beautiful. And it's so backwards that it almost doesn't make sense because you're like, wait a second, if God's so perfect and he's so great, that means that I'm even further away. Even in my best of best, I'm even worse than probably I think I am. But yet, because I'm even worse, the love of God is so much even greater that he wants to spend time with me, that he allows me to step into the presence of God, that I was created fearfully and wonderfully made to bear his image, to give him glory. He chose me. He chose me. If they knew all the bad stuff about me, he chose me. That's the power of God. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. I feel the presence of God, that there's somebody in this that you need to set your insecurities aside and begin to understand he loves you. He loves you regardless of your mistakes. He loves you regardless of your past, regardless of, of the checkered history, regardless of the imperfect situations. He loves you so much more. Woe is me, for I am 
undone. When you begin to worship the Lord today, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's all I want you to do is just begin to say, Lord, help me to see me as you see me. And I love you today. If you want to spread out and come down to this altar, this altar is open or you can worship right in your seat. But as we get ready to worship the Lord, that's where we're going to land the plane right there. And we're going to begin to say, Lord, help me today that I may know you. Help me, God, that I'm created for more. Help me today, God, that I may bear fruit. Help me today, God, that I may be who you've called me to be. For God, I love you today. In the name of Jesus, we worship you right now. Hallelujah. I just want you to worship the Lord right where you are. I want you to bear some fruit and give him glory and say, oh, I'm created in that image. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that God, you created me in their own image, God. That Lord, marvelous are your works that my soul knows right. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that I love you today. I thank you today, God, that you chose me, that you chose me, that Lord, the devil would love to destroy me. He'd love to take me down. He'd love to hold me back. But in the name of Jesus, God, you're greater than that. God, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you today, Jesus, for what you're doing. I thank you today, right now, Father, for God opening uh, uh, this revelation, God, that, Lord, great is your love, the, the love of God. The, the, the people don't know how wide, how deep, how, how great it is. But, Lord, your love is great. Your love is so powerful, God. I thank you today, God, that, Lord, you're going to begin to help our image, God, that we may be used in the kingdom of God, that we may be a servant that we may serve you God that we may serve you in our everything that we do that we would give you our gifts that we would give you our talents oh in the name of Jesus God help us God that our image God may be in alignment with how you see us God that Lord you would see us God that we would see us as you see us in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Just worship Him right now. Lord, we thank You today, Jesus. We love You today. I praise You for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. In the name of Jesus. I thank You today. Lord, I'm made in the image of God. In the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you right now. Hallelujah. Let that be your prayer right now. Would you close your eyes and just begin to tell him, I love you today, Jesus. Lord, I thank you today. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. That's it. Would you just spend a few moments of worship with him right now, right where you are? That God, I love you today. I'm not here for Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Jesus, you don't owe me Hallelujah, anything. Jesus. Let it be your prayer right now. Lord, more than anything right now. Hallelujah. I just want, I just want you. you. I just want you. Let that be your prayer this morning. I just want you, oh God. I just want you, oh God. Hallelujah. Nothing else. Oh, I thank you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Let that be your prayer. Nothing else, God. I just want you. Hallelujah today. I just want your glory. I just want your presence. I just want you, oh God. I thank you today, Jesus. I just want you. Yes, God, I thank you today. Tell him that right now. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Oh, mighty God, hallelujah, Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Oh, yes, God, I thank you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else will do. Almighty God, nothing I thank else, you today. Hallelujah, nothing Jesus. Else, nothing else will do. Say, would you just lift your hands one more time and let that be your prayer? I just want you, God. I surrender right now. I thank you today, Jesus. Lord, I give you glory and honor. Take my hands, take my feet. God, I just want you today. I thank I'm so grateful, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Nothing else will do. I in your Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today. Would you tell him that right now? Say, Lord, I love you today. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, we thank you today. Almighty God, hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we thank you today, right now, God. We give you glory and honor and praise. Yes, Jesus, I thank you today. Jesus, Amen. Would you tell them that right now? Just say, Lord, I just want you. I just want you, God. I thank you today. I love you today. I worship you today. I thank you today. He loves you today. Jesus loves you today. Hallelujah. He created you and he loves you for a reason. Hallelujah. That's the great news of today is that he loves you so much that he wants you just the way he wants you to want him. Hallelujah. He wants to spend time with you because you are the reflection. You are the glory. You bear his image. And he gave you, he gave you that, that wonderful promise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I wonder if you could praise him right now. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today. I praise your name. That's thanking God. I thank your name, God. I praise your name. I thank you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So thankful that he loves us in spite of us. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for the goodness of God. So we get ready to do our dismissal prayer right now.
I pray that you will begin to quote this verse all week. That is my challenge to you, to just quote that word. And that's Psalms 139 and 14. Psalms, everybody say 139 and 14. Psalms 139 and 14. And I want you to quote that. Just, I want you to pray that in your prayer time. Write it somewhere. Put it on a note, uh, on, a, on a little index card or, or a sticky note. Put it in your car this week when you see it. Put it on your mirror. And I want you to, 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 to pray that prayer and to memorize that verse and get that verse in your spirit. Because when you get that verse in your spirit and memorize that verse and just quote it, if you're, if you're eating dinner or something or if you're eating lunch, I just want you to quote the verse. Make it a, a, a routine right now. I want to quote that verse. I want to memorize it. Let's see if I can quote it 10 times this week, at least once every day. But the Lord has created you for a reason. And when you understand that, He's going to take that and you're going to get that image. You're going to be amazed at how different you feel. And you say, I'm created by God. He loves me. He created me for a reason. Amen? Amen. Let us pray right now. Would you bow your heads? Lord, I thank you for your glory. I thank you today, God, for, Lord, you created us. Lord, not just by accident, not by just something that happened in the galaxy, but, Lord, you created us, God, and gave us a purpose that we would have dominion, that we would be fruitful that we would help multiply the kingdom of God, that we would, God, begin to be prosperous. And Father, I pray that, Lord, help us to see us as you see us. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We thank you today, God, for who you are. We thank you today, Jesus, God, for, Lord, the love that you have for us. And we love you today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness, God. And Lord, we know that we love us as is, God. That, Lord, no matter where we are, no matter what things that we've been through, no matter what, what, what situations are in our life, Lord, you love us love us as is. And I thank you for that today, God. I thank you today for your goodness and your mercy and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say amen. 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 We're so thankful for the goodness of God. <clears throat> thankful for you to come to service today. If this is your first